Prepare for Takeoff is a new podcast brought to you by the Cronin Office of International Education at Bentley University. Hi there, and welcome to the Prepared for Takeoff podcast. I'm Laura Bentley, a study abroad advisor in the Office of International Education here at Bentley. Today our discussion is going to focus on things we wish we knew before studying abroad. We have three great peer advisors here to help us today. Can you guys introduce yourselves and tell us who you are? Yeah, I'm Eliza, a frequent flyer on the Prepare for Takeoff <laughs> podcast. Um, I'm a senior global studies major. I studied abroad in Leiden in the Netherlands, and I studied abroad the fall of my junior year. Um, I'm Tiana. I'm a junior here at Bentley. I'm a management major. Um, I studied abroad in Florence, Italy, junior year, fall 2008. And my name is Sarah. I am a senior marketing major. I studied abroad in Pamplona in northern Spain, spring of my sophomore year. Well, great. Thanks, guys, for coming and being here with us today. Uh, I want to start off by just talking about how well you felt prepared for your semester abroad. Yeah, I really thought I was prepared. I read so many Pinterest articles. I went to a ton of our meetings. Um, I thought that I was ready. Like I knew what I had to pack and everything. Yep but I was not emotionally prepared for what I was about to face. Mm -hmm. I got there and I was completely alone in a foreign country and I realized I did not have the tools that I needed to cope with that emotionally. Yeah. yeah. And so for the first week, I was kind of lost until I sat down and was like, okay, it's normal to like be in this situation and not feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like just continue through it and try and like find your home. Yeah, similar in my situation. I was actually overly confident about going to Florence since it's a touristy city and there are a lot of Americans there. I thought, you know, everything's fine. I did a lot of research, but I got there and I actually couldn't even figure out how to unlock my front door because <laughs> the locks were different. So not something I planned for, but, you know, you just have to figure it out when yeah. you're there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I think um, from the advisor's standpoint, the message that I really want students to get and kind of what we have as our last like number one is you can go to every program meeting and every pre-departure orientation but it's impossible to be prepared for everything mm -hmm. like things Absolutely. are just going to happen like I don't know how to open up your door in your yeah. apartment like yeah. I can't tell you how to do that so you're going to have to figure things out on your own a lot which mm -hmm. is a big part of the challenge that students have with study abroad. And I really think it is a challenge. Like, I studied the language. I had been to Spain before. But stepping off the plane, like, about to start a new adventure, I was unprepared for it to be challenging. And it was, like, extremely challenging. And that's something that you come to terms with when you study abroad. Uh, I think one of the big things that we forget about uh, as part of your experience and therefore not prepared for is that you, you do actually have to study as part of study abroad. Um, did you guys feel that that was something you experienced? I definitely did going to Leiden University. It's one of the top universities in the Netherlands and it was not easy. Mm -hmm. I had to actually study for my midterms and I actually had to go to every class. Even though the classes were recorded, I couldn't ask the professor questions mm -hmm. over recording. I had to actually go there and um, I actually had to put in the work. Everyone says study abroad's a vacation, you don't mm -hmm. have to do work. That's not true. We had a pretty strict attendance policy, mm -hmm. and during finals and midterms, I was actually studying. Yeah. So it's not yeah. all vacation. I mean, there's 
fun times, obviously, on the weekends, but you do have to study. Mm -hmm. I think that the major change that makes everyone think it's not necessarily studying when studying abroad is the structure. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I didn't have as much homework or weekly assignments that I had at Bentley, but I had a 70% final. So while all the students are really accustomed to that abroad and they're prepared to kind of, as we would think, slack off during the semester and then cram at the end, like it's how they study. But as a Bentley student who I'm used to doing assignments week after week, that was not the way I should have prepared for study abroad <laughs> at all. And I should have been incrementally studying like I always do. So definitely requires a little bit of adjustment and a different mindset when you go into abroad. Right. Adapting your study habits. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Another one I hear a lot about is goal setting. Did you set goals before you went abroad and how that might actually help you prepare and um, impact your experience? Did you guys feel that you set goals? Yeah, I wish that I set more realistic goals when I decided to study abroad. I had huge goals, like I want to visit this many countries and I want to go to these, you know, really study abroad kind of checklist places mm -hmm. like the Almaty Coast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, try and get <clears throat> things off my bucket list. But more realistic goals are like weekly goals of I want to do this with my friends or I want to get out of my comfort zone in my host city this way rather than thinking everything had to be a goal that I could um, post on Instagram or like tell someone that I got home like, oh, my God, I did this. Yeah. And realizing that like every week is you can have small realistic goals that yeah. are really important. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And you also want to balance your goals. So you can't do everything all at once, mm -hmm. you know, spend some time in your host city, spend some time traveling, um, make small goals like trying this specific food, trying this, you know, you have to also maintain balance because you can't do everything at once. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think culture shock comes up a lot in these types of discussions and that it's something that you will experience at some point. Uh, did you guys experience culture shock? Um, yeah, I definitely uh, experienced culture shock. I actually, like I said before, I was pretty confident. I was like, ah, oh, that's not going to happen to me. <laughs> and then the first time I stepped into the grocery store, pretty classic example, I was completely lost. Everything was in a different language. Um, you had to weigh your fruit on mm -hmm. a scale and like print out the sticker. It was just, I was out of my comfort zone, mm -hmm. but it was a good learning experience. So you probably will hit some culture shock, mm -hmm. whether it's like big or small, you're going to hit at one point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely for me, culture shock were in the little things. Like when you're walking down the street in the Netherlands, you don't have right of way. The bikes have the right of way. <laughs> and if you don't know that, you're going to get hit by a right. bike. <laughs> right. um, so it was definitely like culture shock wasn't this huge thing that like really stifled me or anything it was more the little things every day of trying to get used to living in a different country right so not something that totally disrupted your experience right had you crying on the curb but just little things that you had to adapt to over time right yeah um so a lot of times I hear from students uh they say that this was the first time while I was abroad the first time I ever was the only American in the room and that was a really big difference and um, something that they had to figure out while they were abroad. Did you guys experience this? I definitely did. I um, went to Leiden alone, and when I got there, I didn't really make any American friends either. I was usually the only American, not only in our friend group, but sometime in the entire bar that we were at mm -hmm. or um, on the bike trip that we went to, wherever we were. 
And I realized that I was kind of like the token American where Mm -hmm. I was kind of, if they had a question, it was like, what does America think about this? Mm -hmm. And I was like, guys, I'm just one person from one state, one city. Mm -hmm. I only have one life experience. Mm -hmm. I can't speak for all of America. But um, you kind of have to realize that you're kind of the token American Mm -hmm. person and you're going to get those and you have to, um, those questions and you have to realize that you're going to have to answer those Mm -hmm. with all of America behind (laughs) you and your identity is going to be challenged in that way. Yeah. 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 So I found that I felt like I was representing America a lot of the time, but um, also my identity was perceived differently based on what someone assumes like which nationality you are so um I'm also Croatian so when I'd introduce myself as American the Italians would perceive me differently than when I would expose my identity Mm -hmm. as a Croatian so they'd say oh wow not that they didn't like that I was American but they would definitely treat me differently once they found out I was Croatian like oh I knew you were different (laughs) so it's definitely something you have to deal with it's um it's strange being a minority especially when you're used to living in the U.S. with all Americans Mm -hmm. but it's something you get used to for sure. I think that there's an image of like what we believe other countries are like, and we don't necessarily always associate that other countries also have an image of what America's like or what we are like. So it's kind of bridging the gap when you get there and saying, I'm not every American's opinion, every American's lifestyle and what you think we might be. Like I'm just myself, but also taking in stride that that's the same on the other and like yeah. not everybody's going to be a pasta lover in Italy or <laughs> making tapas on the weekend in Spain. Like mm-hmm. it depends on what that person's individual story, just as they don't want all Americans to be lumped together. We don't want to lump them together as well. So it's interesting when you get there and kind of putting that all together. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about the biggest things that you wish you knew before going abroad. And I think we've all kind of agreed that as much as you prepare, as much as you know, you do here in the office or on your own, there will always be something that's going to come up while you're abroad that you were unprepared for or it was unexpected and you had to adapt to that. Um, so I wanted to give our peer advisors an opportunity to give uh, our listeners some tips on what to do um, in, in that case. Yeah, my tip is definitely be ready to be um, adaptable and flexible because every day isn't going to be exactly what you envisioned. You know, you, like I said, I've read all these Pinterest articles, Mm -hmm. and I looked at Instagrams from the people who went to Leiden before or just studied abroad before me, and I had this whole image of what study abroad was going to be like. Mm -hmm. Like I was going to do all these things, and then realizing that, okay, most days I'm just hanging out in my host city, Mm -hmm. and every day isn't going to be something that I post on Instagram Mm -hmm. or that I talk about. It's just going to be living my life in the Mm -hmm. host city, and you have to be um, ready for any of those challenges that you're going to face while you're there, too. Yep. Uh, My biggest tip is probably take advantage of the office here. They have people who do this for a living who understand abroad, but they also have the students who are coming back from the same place that you went to and they can connect you with those students. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether or not they're a peer advisor or just like a student who went to the same place you're going, like they're the ones who are going to say, oh, I wish I knew before studying abroad this and you're about to go to that same location. So you want to take advantage of that. And even when you are abroad, like 
texting a student or DMing somebody on Instagram that you know went to your home city and saying like, I'm really struggling with this. What did you do or how did you cope with this? Because people love to talk about abroad and they'd be happy to help you because you're now joining part of their like home abroad too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think going off of that, um, people who studied abroad in any city that you went to are going to know it a lot better than anyone else that you can talk to. And they're going to be so excited yeah. most of the time to Definitely. talk about, like, if someone's willing to listen to you talk about abroad, they're going to be like, oh, my God, I'll send you a paragraph <laughs> about, like, some little question because we're always just, we want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Feel free to reach out to yeah. all of us, all peer advisors and anyone that you know, because we love talking about abroad and love helping people. And it's so. something special when, like, you talk about abroad and someone actually understands the tiny mm-hmm coffee Mm -hmm. shop you're talking about on that corner street in the way back compared to when you're just talking to somebody else who's like oh I can envision it but if somebody's like I've been there too like it's (laughs) something that you can really connect with and it's a great opportunity to just they're a resource that you should take advantage of way more I wish I did when I was abroad Mm -hmm. well big thank you to our peer advisors today you guys did awesome we appreciate you so much Um, That's about as much time that we have for today. So I want to thank you for listening to Prepare for Takeoff and stay tuned for future podcasts and find more information on our website and follow us on social media.